for the first down, and still on his feet, RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! All right, welcome in to the Blitz pod. My name is Jaden. I'm filling in for Kane today. I've got Mitchell and Tyler with me. Tyler, how are you doing? I am doing splendid. Uh, finally back in Maryland. Uh, did the cross-country trek this past weekend with my old man and the uh, the four-legged furball that is lager. Um, so, yeah, back in Maryland. What a great game. Uh, it felt like a playoff game. Um, it, it was just a, a dandy of a game. So, yeah, I'm doing great. Happy to be back for the holidays, and um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, good to have you back in Maryland. By this time next week, all of us will be back in Maryland, and we've, we've talked about it. We're going to do that live show. Mitchell, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I got to watch Tyler sweat out a fantasy football matchup for the last playoff spot in one of our leagues. <laughs> it was pretty entertaining to watch him squirm. Every time Kyler almost threw a pick because he was against opposing defense. Yeah, that's fun. I've had to be on the Tyler end of that a lot of just watching every play like it's the biggest moment of your life. I had to do that for three straight weeks on Monday Night Football. And it was it, it was literally like battle for fourth place. Whoever won was in the playoffs. Whoever oh, won yeah. was out of the playoffs. It was literally winner. It, playoffs started this week in that league. And uh yeah, one by like what was it, Mitch? Like four points to, to, to get the dub and Hopkins. At- it ended up two because of that sack at the end because he went right. behind the yardage bonus thing. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Because Hopkins catch put me up like securely that that it would the, the third and ten catch for like eleven yards that that securely uh, put me in position to get the win. What a sweat though! And now we're in the playoffs, so this is what it's all about, baby. Yeah, must be nice being in the playoffs in that league. That must be a real fun time. It's a shame I'm missing out on it. <laughs> Only pod member not in the playoffs, Jaden. Hey, on. man, look, I, I'm I'm sporting a 14 and 0 squad in a work league, so I'll I will take that. I'll do do my little victory lap on that one. Beat Mitchell this week after he thought he was gonna maybe maybe sneak one out of me. Never. Isn't that ever, ever. Madison? Huh? Well, I it's had James Robinson. I had James Robinson, who Urban Meyer decided to kill off of his team. So that's cool. But let's get into this Rams-Cardinals game. It was a very good game, very interesting ending. I don't really know how to describe it, but Rams come out with the win, 30-23. to The Rams improve to 9-4, and while the Cardinals fall to 10-3. and Matt Stafford, 287, three touchdowns. Sonny Michelle has a nice day on the ground with 79 yards. Cooper Cup continues to do what Cooper Cup does, 13 for 123 in a touchdown. And Odell Beckham gets his third touchdown in a row, six catches, 77 yards. I'm I'm really surprised by how much of a factor Odell Beckham has been in L.A. I thought he was just going to be a name that they brought in. I mean, he's been way more of a factor than Von Miller has been, and we thought the Von Miller signing was way bigger than the OBJ signing. But this is a team that has been struggling recently. Quick, ahead, quick. Kyle. All right, let's let's start this right now. Let's start this right now. Who gets a bigger <laughs> contract, Odell Beckham or Michael Gallup this offseason? Oh, dude, we, we, we <laughs> should have here for that. I was about to say, dude, we should have saved this 
Ah, uh, man. I think the, I mean, you can't so even really call it of off the field stuff. It's, it's tough because like people, GMs have kind of created a bad image of Odell with what happened in Cleveland. And I think some teams are going to want to stay away with that. Whereas Gallup has been, you know, hasn't had any problems in Dallas. The wide receiver three, of course, he's not having problems. You're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, I don't know. I think it'll be very close, but All right. I don't know. What'd you say, Mitch? I think if Odell signs for less, it's because he did a discount for a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. I can do, see we think he, do we think he stays in L.A., though, when all, with all those mouths to feed, coming back, Robert Woods, you'll get Cam Akers back as well. Yeah, I don't think they have the money. Yeah. Well, and it also depends on what kind of discount he's going to take. But this Rams team has been talked about a lot. They did not win a game in the month of November, and they basically got a bye week last week against Jacksonville to kind of get themselves back together. But they had lost three straight prior to that, and there have been a lot of conversation about them. So, Mitchell, I'll start with you. Has your faith in the Los Angeles Rams been restored after tonight's win? It has, actually. They looked like they had both aspects of their offense clicking on two levels. Sonny Michelle looked like a competent running back, even though he's not the normal starter when Henderson's in there, but he looked great. And Odell, Van Jefferson, and Cooper Cup, that's a surprisingly good trio. I don't know why Van Jefferson wasn't involved before Woods went down, but he is clicking as probably more their true definitive wide receiver, too, than Odell. But the offense back on track and defense, they stepped up the surprising amount for Jalen Ramsey being down. I mean, Aaron Donald's still there, and he did have three sacks, but you need something from a secondary that's pretty much nothing outside of Jalen Ramsey, who wasn't playing. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I figured DeAndre Hopkins would have a big game, but those days are behind us. The days of DeAndre Hopkins being a competent football player are seemingly over. We'll get to that in a second. Tyler, has your faith in the Rams been restored? Yes and no, in the sense that for, for now, yes, I, I, I do um, think it has been restored as far as getting to the playoffs. Um, are they going to make some noise? I think they can. I think, in my opinion, it's more concerning for the Cardinals. This is a team that's three and three at home, and I just think there's a lot of question marks right now in Arizona. And not to bring up bad memories for you, Jaden, but this kind of reminds me of what the Steelers yeah. did last year where they got off to such a hot start and then they just kind of backed their way into the playoffs. And I really see the Cardinals possibly doing this, especially they're three and three at home this year. Like if they get into the playoffs and they have a home game, 50, 50 chance to win or lose that game. And they're going up against probably like a, a 49ers or, or maybe even a Rams team. So I, I don't like the direction this is going. I think this is more, as much as you want to say, this is about what the Rams did, Matt Stafford getting over the hump, beating a team with a 500 record. I think this is more, for more concern for the Cardinals than it is positives for the Rams. Well, I just want to say before we move on to the Cardinals, I do have my faith restored in the Rams. I liked a lot of what I saw tonight. This team is going to go as Matt Stafford goes, and we saw that the three losses that he did not look good in those games, and he looked great tonight, and they won. Like with all the assets that they've put into him and the rest of this team included, but it's all built around him. And if Matt Stafford can win three or four games in, or play well for three or four games in a row, they can make a Super Bowl run. And 
that began to go into question these last couple of weeks was can Matt Stafford give you three or four great games to get you to a Super Bowl? And I don't know. I just feel I feel a lot better about it after tonight. I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what they're going to do these last four games. They've got the Seahawks, Vikings, Ravens, 49ers. It's, it's, it's a good stretch of games here where they've got some, some potential playoff teams on the radar. So depending on what they can do with these four teams will completely, you know, alter my opinion about them. You know, if they go one and three in those games, a lot of concerns. They go three and one. Yeah. You're looking at a possible Super Bowl contender. Yeah. All right, so moving on to the Cardinals, Kyler Murray had 383, but he threw two picks, seven rushes for 61 yards. James Conner continues to just go over what everyone projected for him coming into the year. He only has 13 carries for 31 yards, but he gets in the end zone twice with nine catches for 94 yards. Just fantastic numbers from him. A.J. Green turned back the clock a little bit, seven catches for 102. And DeAndre Hopkins continues to be a decoy. That man is, I don't know who that is wearing DeAndre Hopkins jersey, but it's not him. He gets five catches on 12 targets for 54 yards. It's just, I, I can't, I can't continue to stress my disappointment in DeAndre Hopkins. You want to know who, uh, you, you know who my sit was this week? DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> yeah, I figured as much. And I mean, that's that a good was- idea. With Jalen Ramsey playing. Exactly. That was my anticipation with doing but that. But then as, as soon as Jalen Ramsey goes down, it's like, okay, well, this is this is great. You get a, you know, a CB2 guarding DeAndre Hopkins all night. There but they just went with the exact same game plan as if Jalen Ramsey was playing and DeAndre Hopkins basically wasn't. He might as well not. Also, DeAndre Hopkins, I don't know if he got hurt or what, but on that terrible throw that Kyler made into double coverage, that was his last play of the game. He did not play a single snap of that final drive. Not a single one. Don't understand. Can't, can't wrap my head around that. But this, this was a very telling loss. You get to see the Cardinals once again in prime time. Tyler, are you – I mean, you, you did say a little bit about it, but how concerned are you about the Cardinals right now? I mean, I, I am. I mean, I know next week they got the Lions, but then they've got the Colts, the Cowboys, and the suddenly hot Seahawks. Um, so those last three games against the Colts, Cowboys, and Seahawks are, are in my opinion, kind of toss-up games uh, as, as far as possibly winning those games. I'm very concerned about the Cardinals right now just because this is a team that if they do get in the playoffs, these guys don't have a lot of experience as far as being in the playoffs. And sometimes experience prevails in the playoffs. So I'm, I would, one through 10, where's my panic meter? I'd put it at like a seven or an eight right now for the Cardinals because, like I said, this is a team that I can see backing their way into the playoffs and losing in the first round. And their leader, one of those guys, or their newer leader, one of those guys that has been to the playoffs a bunch of times, J.J. Watt was on the sidelines of street clothes tonight, and they play the Colts. Their run defense has become extremely squishy ever since J.J. Watt went down. So, I mean, Jonathan Taylor could have another huge day. Not really a surprise there, but Mitchell, how concerned are you about the Arizona Cardinals right now? I'm probably in the same boat as Tyler, probably around a seven or an eight. This team, I, granted, we doubted them for so long, and they kept miraculously winning games, but I think they hit that midseason slump, and they just aren't going to come off of it because you look at the number two team in this division in the Rams, they have a chance to still take over the division at this point, the way they're playing and the way the Cardinals are falling off. Now, granted, Rams, like Kyler said, do have a rough schedule. I think the Cardinals can prevail and manage to win the division, but if they can't win at home, then what's the big deal? 
I mean, there's no reason why it should matter why they get home field advantage for one game then. Because unless you are that number two seed and playing the seventh seed, you're going to play a really good team in the NFC. And at this point, I don't know if the 49ers are a team that can give them problems, and I think they'll have a chance, but I'm just not sold on them anymore. Kyler hadn't looked the same since the injury. DeAndre Hopkins is clearly non-existent because of his hamstring issue. I know they said they were going to try to limit him on deeper routes to try to prevent re-aggravating his hamstring. Limit him all together. You look at that touchdown or the throw into the end zone and double coverage was a deep route. They gave up on that when they got desperate, and he still sucked. Let me ask you guys this question really quickly. Who who do you guys think gets that seventh seed right now in the NFC? Because you've got the Vikings at six and seven, Washington at six and seven. You've got the Saints at six and seven, the Eagles at six and seven, the Falcons at six and seven. One of those teams can only, only one of those teams, five or six teams can get that, that last spot. So let me ask you guys, who do you guys see getting that final spot in the NFC? So the Niners have six, right? Niners are seven and six. yeah, they have the seven spot. Yeah, they're seven and six. Wait, so it's the Rams in the five spot. Who's in the sixth spot? The 49ers. Okay, okay. I'm probably gonna go with Minnesota because they are the most talented team of the bunch. But Seattle, like I know that they're struggling right now, or we're struggling, but no one wants to play Russell Wilson in the playoffs. I can promise they're you that. Like I, yeah, I know like I know as much as people have like shit on them all year, but no one wants to play him. So I think they could definitely make some noise. I'm not giving any credit to the Falcons or the Saints. I think there's virtually no chance either of them get in. And even if they do, they're going to get curb stomped by the two seed. Um, I definitely think the Vikings should have the best chance, especially if Dalvin Cook can run for 200 yards every game. And the Seahawks really quickly have both the Lions and Bears both in Seattle. Mm-hmm. In two mm-hmm. out of the last four games. So kind of favorable. And the game start. behind everybody else, too, though. Yes, but yeah, but I mean, those should be two guaranteed wins that not every other team has. Exactly. And I know it's I know it's a lot, but who's your pick? I, I like the Saints. They have the Bucks, the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Dolphins. And after Taysom Hill's finger has somewhat healed, he looks like he's can actually competently run an offense, not necessarily be like a great passer, but he's not going to throw four picks because he can't throw the ball the same way he was throwing it. I mean, you watch that Cowboys game. He had a few balls just go five yards shorter than what they should have, and they would have been huge gains. And then he got desperate in the end, and he clearly was not comfortable throwing, and he got thrown into situations where he had to throw. I think he's better off for their success than what Simeon was. And now that Kamara's back, they actually have somewhat of an offensive weapon so they can at least try to manage the clock when they're up with that great defense on the other side. The one thing I will say about those six and seven teams, Washington and Philly play each other twice in the last four weeks. So that Washington controls their own destiny. If one of those teams wins both of those games, though, they could definitely have the edge on a lot of these other teams. Yeah, I agree. It's it's going to be a gauntlet, much split, like the entire AFC. Yeah. Yeah. Well, personally, with the Cardinals, uh, I did see a lot that I didn't like from Kyler Murray tonight, like a lot. Like there were a lot of throws like he had an early throw to A.J. Green where his corner fell and he was walking. He could have walked into the end zone and he completely threw it off the mark. Uh, He had a third and one 
where they didn't kick the field goal, probably should have. He had a third and one, threw it way up the field yeah. to Christian Kirk. I don't know if that was a miscommunication or what. And then he throws five or six there were a lot bad of balls picks, I feel on like. the on, yeah. I mean, he had three drop picks on the final drive of the game, the final two drives. That one he had the 50-yard completion to Christian Kirk on I'm pretty sure third or fourth down, which was huge. Fourth down. He had fourth, yeah, and long, he, fourth and like eight or nine, and he got behind the defense. I have no idea how that happened. Yeah, I mean, that's just poor, poor defense there, but he has a three-yard drag route to DeAndre Hopkins and a screen pass to, I believe, Christian, Christian Kirk. Kirk that almost got picked off – or not almost picked off, but it was like way over his head. He had to make a great catch to go up and get it, and he just got popped as soon as he came down with it. And everything else could have been picked. Every other throw he made, it felt like it was either into tight single coverage or double coverage. And he had that one where he was falling and he – almost threw a pick, but the guy dropped it like multiple times where he, the game could have been over, but there were drop picks, et cetera. A lot of things I didn't, or that I saw tonight that I did not like from Kyler Murray that definitely concerned me if they have to go up and face a good team in the playoffs, which they probably will have to, but moving on Sunday night football, bears, Packers, Aaron Rodgers still, I mean, like what, what else, you know, he owns, he owns the bears and 45, 30, Looked like the Bears might have had a chance, but Robert Quinn decided it was a good idea to do the do the discount double check in front of Aaron Rodgers, which I'm sure ignited a fire that pretty much ended that game right there. But Tyler did have a quick question or something to say about this game or what happened in this game. So Tyler, go ahead. Yeah, when when are we going to change the whole onside kick? If you recover it, it's down where you recover it because Khalil Herbert returned that for a touchdown, and I don't understand why that isn't in play same thing with a punt return if a guy muffs a punt and you recover it and return it for a touchdown why is that not allowed well okay so they did say something about it on like the announcer said something about it for for punts if they muff a punt and you pick it up it's a touchdown every time because you've got nobody back whereas an onside kick there's people there's like one or two guys back there that could make the tackle whereas like a like a punt there's no one there so but I like kind the, of understand why they blow that dead. But but that's your own fault for muffing the punt. Like I you agree. should be penalized more for muffing that punt, in my opinion. I mean, I, I just don't understand why if sometimes the ball bounces that way. And if if it's in a regular play and it fumbles and you're able to recover that and return it for a touch, like what about a pick six? Like what about a cornerback jumping an out route and getting going untouched into the end zone? It's the same thing, in my opinion. Like I I just don't understand why you can't just let that play play out. It makes no sense to me. And that's about all that I got from this game, other than the fact yeah. that the Packers are now 6-0 and against the spread against the Bears the last six times they played them. Yeah, Packers are better than the Bears, everyone. Just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, we pretty much picked that up after Sunday Night Football. Oh, one question, one question I do have, actually, in regards to this game. Who is more likely to not get fired, Nagy, Zimmer, or Urban Meyer? Not get fired? Gotta be Zimmer. Zimmer. Yeah, gotta be Zimmer. I know you. I, want, I, know you I know you want his head, but man, you go out and you go up twenty-six to nothing at halftime on a Pittsburgh team, and I know that they almost blew it, but they didn't. On prime time, that matters. He's gonna keep his job, they're, and they're the best team of those three. If Urban Meyer could, makes it to I the middle of back. January, I'd be shocked. Urban won't get fired. He'll resign due to hurt. Condition. okay yeah. he's not going to get fired or, least likely. or he'll have or he'll have a heart attack like in the middle of the week this week and just have to get like a medical medical quit like he'll just he'll just have to go medical. <laughs> a medical quit 
Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all we got from that game. Nothing really to take away. Moving on, Bills 27, Bucks 33. Bucks pull this one out in overtime after the Bills were down, I believe, what was it, 24 to 3 at one point, and were able to come all the way back. Brady has 363 with two passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Leonard Fournette has 19 carries for 113 yards and a rushing touchdown. Mike Evans, six catches, 91 and a touchdown. And Chris Goblin has been lighting it up recently. 10 catches for 105. Uh, you know, Bucks get it done again against another good team. I don't personally believe this because I'm not a Brady believer, but I know that some people here are. So I'll start with Mitchell. Is Tom Brady beginning to run away with the MVP award? I wouldn't say run away. And I, I'm not a Tom Brady believer. I just think the narrative is all in his yeah, favor because yeah. he's 44, leading league in pretty much every passing stat, but he keeps putting up games 300 yards and multiple passing touchdowns. Yeah, because he's already got a solid lead. And the people that are probably getting closest to him are Stafford and Herbert. Stafford's Rogers. got a rough schedule. Oh. Rodgers, too, yeah. But Rodgers, also a rough schedule, fairly. And then Herbert has one rough game, and then he'd need to pad a ton of stats to make up for the, the uh, Pats game and the Ravens game. But Brady's pretty much the only one that hasn't had a horrible game outside of maybe the one against the Pats in the rain. He's pretty – and he has so many weapons. It's not like he's not going to throw for these 300-yard games with touchdowns. That's what frustrates me is, like, he just gets everything to fall in his favor. And I can't sit there with confidence and be like, yes, he is the most valuable player. And I know that that's not really how the award is chosen. But, my God, dude, give – any other court give mac jones this team give mac jones the offensive line the weapons the running game the defense they're doing the same shit i just like it's frustrating tyler what's your take on this um it hurts me to say it but i still think rogers is probably the favorite uh and and kind of and some of that does tie back to what you were just saying as far as what he has to work with i know Devonte adams yeah. is there but like Lazard, Valdez, Scanling, mm -hmm. Mercedes Lewis, because now Tun uh, Robert Tunyon's hurt. I mean, I know he's got Jones and Dylan back there, but like Jenkins is done for the year, and Bakhtiari is just returning, I believe, this week. Yep. So his offensive line is depleted as well. So as much as that hurts me, I I would probably give the nod to Rodgers. But you're right. You know, Brady is. We we talked about it a couple weeks ago about how. It constantly fluctuates, and once you have a bad game, you drop down. And Brady just hasn't had that bad game where he's just completely dropped down. He's always been top three, top four, and now these string of games over the last three to four weeks has just put him, you know, back into that one or two range. So yeah, I think it's going to be between these two, and it's going to be funny because, in my opinion, I think that one of those two teams is going to be in the Super Bowl, and yeah. MVP might be decided by whoever wins that game. So even though it's technically decided before the playoffs, but yeah. Yeah. I, I remember watching that the end of that Bucks game and I was like, God, I hope Rogers goes off tonight. So I don't have to hear about Brady being the MVP all week. Cause that just is so annoying, but Rogers is my pick right now. I think Brady is second, just because like Tyler said, he's got all the stats and everybody else has had one, at least one bad game where Brady just hasn't really had that. So it's hard to argue with him at least being in the conversation. Well, the other stat I threw out to you guys earlier today was that Brady has the most ever four touchdowns, zero pick games in NFL history, and he's with 28. 
He's 28-0 in those games, but Rodgers is second with 27, and he has a lot less games, like you said, under his belt compared to, B- yeah. compared to Brady. Yeah, I said it in the group. I was like, he's had, what, half the game, probably half the games played that Brady has. Like, half, but it's – He it's started in, what, 2000 – Brady started in 2001. Rodgers started in 09. So that's eight – oh, really? Mm-hmm. I think it was 05 or 06 when he got drafted. He got drafted in 05, but he didn't start playing. Uh, until, yeah, you're probably right. It was probably like 08. Seven, eight, yeah, somewhere yeah. like that. Eight, yeah. And then plus, like, Rodgers has missed – he missed some time – like 2014 ish, I think. Yeah, Brady missed one. But, oh, he broke his collar. Yeah, he did. Yeah. But anyway, a lot more games for Brady. One game difference. But anyway, we'll get to the Bills. Uh, Josh Allen has 308 passing, two touchdowns, and a pick. He also adds 109 and a rushing touchdown on the ground. That was weird to look at. Cole Beasley, though, leads in receiving with nine catches for 64 yards. Diggs gets seven for 74. The Bills have been a huge topic of conversation recently because no one knows what this team is like this was a team that we thought was right behind the Ravens for the favorite in the AFC coming into the season and now they're seven and six not even the best team in their division looks like they could be in jeopardy of missing the playoffs Tyler how much trouble are the Buffalo Bills in right now it's weird because this game actually told me more about the Bills and the Bucks in a positive sense because it showed me that they can contend with the best of the best and that they had them right there to the end. Yes. The first half was what it was, but listening to Josh Allen after we're talking about how, you know, I don't care what y'all are going to say about this. The way we fought back in that game is, is something that I love about my teammates. And that, that can, in my opinion, go such a long way in this next stretch of games because they, their next four games are against the Panthers at the Patriots big game. And then the Falcons and jets, they can win, you know, Three of those four games are at home. The only away game is the Patriots. So you would think that they're going to beat the Panthers, Falcons, and Jets in Buffalo. If they go three and one, they're going to make the playoffs. And I still think they can make some noise. I think there's a lot to build off of this game if you're the Bills. Take that second half and really run with it here down the stretch. Um, I know that the defense has got a lot of problems, uh, you know, especially with losing Trey White like they did. But uh, I actually take a lot of positives away from this game with the Bills. So I don't think they're in as much trouble as I might have perceived uh, you know, if they'd lost this game 24-3, like it was at half, we might be having a different conversation. But how they fought back and came back in that game against arguably the best team in the NFL, uh, it shows me a lot with this Bills team. And it shows me that they can still win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Mitchell, what do you got on the Bills after this past week? I'm actually more confident in them, like Tyler said. They, well, like if it had ended at 24-3, everybody would have counted them down and out. Not a chance going anywhere, but – they fought back, and Josh Allen looked like the guy who was contending for MVP last year, the way he played. He put the team on his back, 109 rushing yards. He's, if they let him run loose again like he has in years past, he's going to end up as a leading rusher again because they're so bad on the ground. And that's just something that they've been missing in the offense. I think watching Allen actually getting rushing attempts will help them keep from being too one-dimensional and just pure zone coverage on them the whole time. But he looked great. And if it weren't for a few questionable calls towards the end there, this team would have came back on what is potentially the best team in the NFL right now. I've got a lot more confidence in them after watching them bounce back. Even though they did still lose, they have a fairly easy slate of games ahead. 
And with a lot of teams at seven and six, you're you got to imagine a few of them aren't going to be able to keep up with this Bills teams over these last four weeks. Yeah. And the thing, yeah, the thing uh, I was going to say really quickly, Josh Allen, that's only the fourth time ever in NFL history with 300 passing yards and 100 rushing yards. Uh, I know it's the second time this year because Lamar did it on Monday Night Football in the comeback against the Colts, but just a crazy stat line for Josh Allen. Yeah, and I, I mean, such a big game. I know that they were down pretty early, but the way that they were able to fight back is admirable, and it does bode well. I mean, obviously, if you get the coin toss and you get to win this game, that would be great, but, you know, it's really hard to take it away, especially with all the stuff they've had. Like, they needed this win really bad because they're, I mean, they're almost 500 at this point, and like I said, they're no longer – they're no longer even in play to win the division, really. Unless New England, something terrible happens, which I don't see happening just because of the consistent flatline way they play. It's it's going to be tough for them to win the division, but I do think that if they are able to get the top wild card seed and face pot- potentially Baltimore with all the injuries that they have, Lamar might be there, might not. Uh, if they can get one of those matchups, they could definitely – make some noise in the playoffs once they get some confidence of a playoff win. All right, moving on to our next game. We have the 49ers at the Bengals. 49ers come out on top in overtime, 26 to 23. The 49ers improve to seven and six. The Bengals fall to seven and six. Jimmy Garoppolo, 296 and two touchdowns. Debo Samuel has eight carries for 37 yards and a touchdown because that's just what he has become now. Didn't, didn't even care to mention his receiving stuff. Brandon Ayuk, six catches for 62 yards and a touchdown. And George Kittle is back playing. I mean, this is a fantastic stretch. He's made our five-star performers the last two weeks. It's 13 catches, 151 yards and a touchdown in this one. Dude, I'm really liking what I'm seeing for San Francisco, dude. I think that if they catch the right matchup in the first round, they can beat that team. And if the offense continues to tick like it has been so far with like, this is extremely underrated. They have Kittle, Debo, and Elijah Mitchell, three guys that are big-time playmakers. I think they can make a lot of noise. So, Mitchell, how good are the 49ers? I think similar to the Vikings. They're one of those teams that can compete with and probably beat just about any team in the NFL given the week. But the only difference is they have a good coach <laughs> who's not going to blow the game for them, I feel like. I mean, you look at the teams, they're pretty similarly constructed minus running back. You have a lot of offensive weapons. You have a quarterback that goes in between being that good to great-ish conversation between Kirk Cousins and Garoppolo, even though Kirk Cousins has probably had a more steadier season at this point. And then you have who I'm going to now debate is the best tight end in the league in George Kittle because he provides more than just receiving, unlike Kelsey. This team is starting to click now. They pass rush is coming alive. You look at Bosa, that was never a question coming in. It was just a matter of how healthy they could stay after looking at how debilitated they were last year. And this team, they could make some noise in the playoffs, maybe a win. I don't see them making any championship runs, no NFC title game, no Super Bowl by any means, but they're a well-constructed team and they can compete with just about anybody in the league. Yeah, I, I really do. Like I've said, I like the 49ers this year. Uh, I think that if they catch like the Cardinals or maybe the Cowboys, they, I think they could beat both of those teams in a playoff game. I, I don't think they, they could the beat the Cardinals in Arizona, though. Yeah. If, <laughs> thank God they'll be at home. 
but I think they could beat both of those teams. I know that they did get the shit beat out of them by the Colt McCoy-led Cardinals, but I just – I don't know what it is. I, I didn't like what I saw from the Cardinals tonight as we've talked about. Tyler, just how good are the San Francisco 49ers right now? Yeah, I think it. I I, I kind of want to piggyback off what you guys said as far as catching that right matchup. And you can say that about pretty much any team, but it really and truly it, – it, it does pay, pay dividends with the 49ers – because I think that their back end is a little bit skeptical, um, but yeah. if they get that pass rush like they've been getting, I mean, there's not many teams that are going to be able to block that pass rush. And if they can control the clock with the running game and Jimmy G doesn't make mistakes, yeah, uh, you wrinkle in Debo in, in the running game as well. I mean, that's just something that no other team has that where they can put a wide receiver like Debo Samuel as a running back and effectively use him and then also use him in the pass game as well. It's, it's ridiculous how they're able to use him. I guess one question that I have about the 49ers is what do they do with Trey Lance now? Because Jimmy G's kind of turned it on here the past couple of weeks. Are they going to stick with Jimmy G after this year or are they going to move on to Trey Lance? Is it going to be an Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes type situation? What's going to happen here in San Fran with this quarterback situation? Well, the recent report has been that this is Jimmy G's last year in San Francisco, regardless of how he finishes. I think that this is great, him playing well, because not only does Trey Lance get to see a see good quarterback play in front of him, but you're getting way more back if he, you know, finishes the year playing great football and wins one or two football games versus if he just starts sucking like how he had been perceived for the longest time and takes this team out of playoff contention, you're not going to get a whole lot back for him because, you know, he is getting paid a lot of money by San Francisco. So the contract situation becomes very weird, but I, I still think that Trey Lance, especially with all the assets that they gave up to get him will definitely take the starting job at some point. I, I, I wish Kane was on tonight because. Oh yeah. I think, I think Jimmy G could be, a, I think him to Washington could be a very viable option. And I know I've said this about every available quarterback, <laughs> But I want to see him in Pittsburgh. I want to see him in a quick hitting, like don't need a whole lot to get going, just quick hitting, short throws all game long with a solid running game. I want to see him in that, and we'd probably be able to acquire him for much cheaper than an Aaron Rodgers. I know there's a significant talent drop off there, but we have a lot of holes to fill, and I'd love to have an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson, but having to give up what it takes to get those guys, I don't know if i want to do whereas jimmy garoppolo is going to be much cheaper tyler man i was literally gonna say that this is so reminiscent of the Chiefs situation where alex smith became a pro bowler finally looked amazing in kansas city and then they trade him to washington the next year while he's still worth value <laughs> and what team did you come up with yet again washington as getting the Alex Smith of the deal rather than the younger guy. It just makes too much sense. I mean, that's just why I'm throwing – and they would be a team that I feel like would go after him because, like you said, you don't want to give up everything to get a quarterback because they do have pieces in place already, and you just need a quarterback that's – I don't want to say just a game manager because Jimmy G has literally – in that game against the Bengals down the stretch, he showed that he is more than a game manager. He came out and he made those throws – Yes, I know Kittle had a great game in it and had some incredible catches, but Jimmy G was putting those throws right on the money. And obviously, Ayuk having the touchdown at the end was big, but 
Jimmy G showed me some stuff. He showed me some great, showed me some heart and he's really propelled this team over the past couple of weeks into this winning streak and, and looking to be a team. And, you know, let's say they make an NFC championship. That means you've got a quarterback that has made a Super Bowl and an NFC championship under his belt. I know that's a stretch to make the NFC championship, but I'm just saying, and with all the COVID stuff coming out here lately, we don't know how that's going to affect teams in the playoffs. They could be one of those teams that gets fortunate, faces a team that doesn't have four or five starters and ends up winning that game. I'm, I'm just saying, I, I don't know if the whole let's move forward with Trey Lance is 100% set in stone yet. I just, I feel like it's very hard to believe that they give up two first round picks to go get him, then use a first round pick on him and don't give him the job when it, whenever like he's ready to go, because I know that there's a big question about him actually being ready to go, but you don't don't think there's any chance that they trade Trey Lance. I mean, I don't know why if you're, if you're trading a quarterback away, especially since we haven't seen anything from Trey Lance and what we did see from Trey Lance wasn't overly impressive. How much is, I mean, Trey Lance maybe gets you a first round pick, maybe a second round pick where, and you're going to get what five more years out of Jimmy Garoppolo. Whereas you could trade Jimmy Garoppolo for a third round pick and get potentially 15 years out of Trey Lance. I think it's really tough. I I really think in the next five years, probably next three years, actually Trey Lance and Jordan love, both of those are going to completely decide two franchises. Oh yeah, for sure. And I'm, that's the, that was the whole point. Like them being the backups, that's what it's going to be. And we're going to see it very soon, but yeah, very, very good game from the 49ers. I really like what they're building there. Moving on to Cincinnati. They played well. I mean, obviously they force overtime, but Joe Burrow, 348 and two touchdowns showed a lot of emotion down the stretch there. Fantastic stuff there from him. <laughs> Joe Mixon with 58 rushing yards. Jamar Chase had, I, I'm pretty sure he had two drop. He had one touchdown that he dropped, plus the two he did end up getting. Had five catches for 77 yards. And T. Higgins continues to play good football, five catches for 114. I don't really know what to take away from this game from Cincinnati. Is, like, is Jamar Chase back in the running for rookie of the year? I think it's really hard to take it away from okay. Mac Jones at this point. It's really yeah. like once – I mean, if Mac Jones just starts like – losing them games and Jamar Chase keeps playing well, maybe. But when you've got the quarterback playing well versus the wide receiver playing well, it's really hard to take it away from the quarterback. Last year. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Just... I, I, I agree. With that. I just figured I'd bring that back up. One other question about the Bengals is what do you think their chances are to make the playoffs now? It's very I... weird. I have absolutely they've no They've got idea. the Bron- they've got the at the Broncos, Mile High, Ravens, Chiefs. Browns. Oh, fuck no. Uh-uh. Mm. They could lose all four of those games. Yep. It's going to be very, very tough for the Bengals to get the playoffs. I mean, but playoffs. You know, I mean, they, they like, beat the brakes off the Ravens last time, though. They beat yeah, the brakes off of them, and now this, they're banged up even more. Yeah, but this we don't know what Bengals we're going to get. They could – the Ravens, as beat up as they are, could go beat the shit out of the Bengals next week, and I wouldn't be surprised. The Cardinals, like, the Cardinals I, beat the brakes off of the Rams earlier this year. And then the Panthers beat the brakes off the Cardinals. Like, it, it, I mean, it's the NFL. That's what that's what it is this year. And the Bengals are a huge, huge showing of that as they, I believe it was, they lost to the Jets and then they beat the shit out of the Ravens. It might've been the other way around, but regardless, like this was at the point when the Ravens were arguably the best team in football. Like it just, it's any given week, especially with the Cincinnati Bengals. 
But if Lamar's injury does prove to be something serious, which from what I've heard, it isn't, but I've talked about it. Like if he does get hurt, you don't want to keep playing him when this team is likely a first round exit with all the injuries they have. Just get everybody healthy, call this season a wash because that's pretty much what it is, but we'll get into that in a second. But I guess, I mean, I don't really have like a definitive question, but Mitchell, what are your thoughts on the Bengals right now? The Bengals, I mean, they're a great offensive team. Spot the solid on defense. I mean, they don't really have a massive glaring weak spot on defense either. They're just an all around fairly well constructed team. They just have no consistency. Hendrickson, like you, said, did, you don't know which one's going to show up. H- Hendrickson did get hurt in this game, I will say. So that could be that could a little be, bit of area. the glaring hole. He's been saving them. Yeah, but, but I believe yeah, Logan overall, Wilson got hurt recently too. I, I think that I, I think that I think that yeah, he got hurt against us. I think that it's it's something that we've kind of been talking about all year with the Bengals in the sense that in my opinion they're a year ahead of schedule. I think that this is a team that next year is going to come out and really compete not only for the AFC North but possibly the AFC as well. A um, couple moves here in the off season can really help them out. Maybe get a, a, a nice draft pick. I think that they're just a year, maybe two years ahead of schedule because they've got so many young guys on this team, both sides of the ball. They're so freaking young. So I think that give them another year, build that chemistry up a little bit more. Joe Burrow gets another offseason under his belt. I think this team next year can win, you know, 11, 10, 11 games. And I know he played well on Sunday, but since we did not have you on at all last week and the Chargers kicked their shit in, do you have any like shakiness on your burrow her- over Herbert take? Um, a little, but I, I still, <laughs> I still am sticking with, with burrow. Burrow's still a guy I want. Um, I, I'm not going to sit here. It's like we've said with both these guys, it, we're, we're sitting here arguing what we're thinking in my opinion is going to be two of the top 10 quarterbacks in the next three or four years. You want a Ferrari or a Lamborghini? Like exactly. I, and, and that's how I look at it. I, yeah. I, I, I just I like Burrow. I've I've always been a Burrow believer, and and I'm still sticking with the emotion. Sorry, going with it though, Mitch. <laughs> Sorry, love you, bud, but I'm not I'm not gonna budge. The two most cool, calm, and collected quarterbacks in the NFL, and the argument between them is their emotion. <laughs> I'll put it to you like this: I made my stance, and I'm not I'm not gonna back out of that stance. I'm gonna stick by Burrow for the rest of his career over Herbert. Jeez, and you know oh, what? If, wow, if, that's. If, if it comes back to biting, he doesn't care how many MVPs Herbert, Herbert could win the next five MVPs, but Burrow's still better. It does. I I don't. I'll stick by my stance, and if it's wrong, it's wrong. But I'm gonna. I'm not gonna waver from it. Just like I said with Mac Jones being in the MVP conversation, I'm gonna defend it. I don't think that he's top five, even though I might have thrown him in my top five. Uh, but I'm still gonna stick by that stance. <laughs> we'll cut that out. We don't. We don't and have I, to hear that. that. I still think he's in there. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to backtrack on my stances. I'll leave so it. just to clarify, your opinions never change. I can't yeah. 100%. <laughs> not right now. Not two weeks after it. I got you. I got you. Okay, moving on to our next game, AFC North matchup. Ravens, Browns. Browns come out on top, though. It was very scary, though. I'm sitting at Raven, basically a Ravens bar. And of course they get the onside kick after coming back. Like, cause why wouldn't they? They are the, they are the most unlucky while simultaneously the luckiest franchise I've ever seen. How many onside kicks were recovered this week? 
I feel like I heard on the Monday Night Football broadcast it was three. Or it, it was yeah, and tonight was, was the four, fourth. Four after tonight. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. Absolutely ridiculous. But just, yeah, crazy stuff there. But Browns come out on top in this one. Baker Mayfield with 190 and two touchdowns. Nick Chubb, only 59 rushing yards. I don't, like, I know that 59 isn't bad, but it's Nick Chubb, dude. He's, like, one of the three or four best guys in the league. And he's been really quiet recently. The last time. Yeah, the last time. And speaking of, they say he's week to week with that ankle injury now. So, I don't don't know what the deal is there. But he has really been unimpressive recently against the Ravens the last time they played. He had 16 rushing yards on eight carries. Uh, but Jarvis Landry is the leading receiver, five catches for 41 and a touchdown. So this is a little tough because I know we'll talk about Lamar in a second, but have the concerns about the Cleveland Browns been lessened with this win? Tyler, I'll start with you. Um, I don't really think so. I mean, they played one half of football, in my opinion. They didn't score a point in the second half. Um, so I am not – I'm still not sold on this Browns team. They should be. You know, this team on paper – I know, Mitch, you had him as, as possibly your AFC representative in the Super Bowl, and you're not the only one. I think there were a good amount of people that projected that. And if not the AFC representative, you know, this was definitely a team that – A playoff team. A playoff team. And, yeah. and really and truly, once the Ravens were hit with all their injuries, should have ran away with this division, in my opinion. No, no offense to the Steelers or the Bengals. But I, I felt like on paper this team should have absolutely ran away with this division, and they might not even make the playoffs right now. Yeah, you got the big win. Good job. But like the Ravens were in that game to the end and had a chance to possibly kick a field goal and win that game. And and what's the conversation then? The conversation is when are the Browns going to blow this thing up? And I I don't think that we've completely wavered away from that because they're, I I just don't think this is a franchise, especially with that guy at quarterback. He's not that guy, not that guy, pal. He's just not that guy. And, And I just don't see them being able to win games in January with this guy at quarterback and there's just too many concerns right now with this team. Yeah, I totally agree. Mitchell has your opinion wavered at least a little bit on the Cleveland Browns after Sunday. Uh, as to coming into the week or the championship take I had earlier in the year. <laughs> oh no, the championship take. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Baker Mayfield looked horrible. He looked, Anthony Averett is the number one corner, and you're telling me you can't pass for over 200 yards on them? He threw a pick to him too. They have he Chuck threw Clark in the another second. one that should. That's have been their a pick remaining too. starter. He looked horrible. He's playing his way out of any respectable contract he was going to get, and honestly, that might be for the best thing. They might just do a fifth year on him and sign a receiver or something, and hopefully they have more weapons. But it's pretty clear that they're depleted now that Odell's gone, even though he wasn't doing much for them, they don't really have anyone to throw to. It was pretty much Austin Hooper because Njoku and Harrison Bryant were both out for this game. And Jarvis Landry was okay, but Jarvis Landry's not the guy he was when he was on Miami and even his first year in Cleveland. This team is still very stout defensively and hopefully – that can keep them in games just like it does with the Saints. But Baker has not proven it to me this season. He's He looks like he is the only issue with this team, the way they play. And I brought I brought this up a couple of weeks ago about who would you rather have, Jimmy G or Baker? And I think we might have our answer now. 
yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm taking Jimmy G. There's a there's a lot of guys, like a lot more than most people would think, that I would take Jimmy G over because I know Kane is a Tua? big Tua believer. <laughs> I'm taking I'm taking Jimmy G over Tua every day of the week. Tua's average depth of target is 34th in the league. There are 32 teams, and his is 34th. That's sad. Tua, Tua or Baker? Who are you taking? Tua. Oh shit. I probably take. I would probably take Tua. Tua. I don't even know. I don't even know if I want to answer that question. I don't know. I'd have to like sit down and think about it for hours on end. But I mean, yeah. Tua's been scrapped of receivers until these past two weeks this year, too. I mean, Fuller and Parker have missed extended periods of time. Waddle hasn't been running downfield at all. Gasecki is a slot guy at best, receiving wise. They don't really have a lot for him to throw to. Hey, no Waddle slander on this podcast. Hey, I wasn't slander. They just haven't been sending him on deep routes. Fair enough. Like what okay. we all thought he was going to do coming out of college. Let yeah. me ask you guys this question, too, because it does kind of affect both these teams. Which team outside the playoffs right now would you pick to win the Super Bowl? Uh, that's a tall task. Um, who is outside in the AFC is the real question. Um, I think the – the Colts are still outside. Oh, gun to my head. Colts, Colts are outside. Browns are outside. Um, Broncos Vegas, outside. Pittsburgh, Broncos, Miami. I'm taking, the Colts. I'm taking the Colts over a couple teams that are in the playoffs right now. So, 100% out of those teams that you just mentioned. Actually, the Colts crept in because of the Bengals God loss. Damn, I think. damn you, man. Now I, I got to rethink my <laughs> so answer. So, it's the AFC North. The AFC it- North, that's not the Ravens. And then you have, yeah, because Buffalo seven, Indy six, we're number five. So you have Cleveland, Cincy, Denver, Pittsburgh, Las Vegas, and Miami. Uh, out of those teams, I'd probably have to go Cincy, but right behind them, um, I'm putting the Steelers. I don't care. As long as we can avoid, avoid the Derrick Henry having Titans, because if I, I am terrified to see what would Derrick Henry would do to our team. I will also throw the NFC into this too. Oh, then still the Bengals. If the 49ers are in, I'm still going Bengals. You know who I'm going to say? And it's going to surprise you guys. Seattle Seahawks. Like I said, no one wants to play Russell Wilson. And I mean, they're not going to play at all in Seattle, but still. No one wants to play Russell Wilson, but I do not think they have. Like, they've got the quarterback. They've got the receiver. That is it. That is all they have. I I remember saying, why would you guys pay so much for Russell Wilson a few podcasts ago? Yeah. Huh. I did stand by that. (laughs) Strange. Still doesn't mean that I don't think that they can win the Super Bowl. (laughs) Out of the teams that you gave me, let's also mention that, too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think any of these Man. teams. Joe Burrow? Teams. Where's the where's the Yeah, I know. I know. Huh. Experience. Strange. Experience. Strange. Okay. Uh, okay. I'll grant you that. But real Swan quickly. Song. Swan song. Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson going out probably after this year. Maybe win it. Yeah, I suppose. Uh obviously the biggest injury. Different swan song over that. Yeah. <laughs> Rogers and Devontae Adams one, maybe. Big Ben, come on, right? Swan, Swan, Swan. Okay. Come okay. On. All right, all right. Um, 
Biggest injury news of the week is obviously Lamar Jackson. Mitchell, do you have anything on that? Uh, from what I've heard, it's just a minor sprain to this point. It, it's just a matter of how desperate the Ravens feel like they need to play him and keep their playoff hopes alive. Personally, I don't think they should play him. He's a running quarterback. The He's same going thing. to get hit a lot behind that offensive line. Make sure he is healthy before you send him back out there. I, I would not play him this week against the Packers. I'm not playing him for the rest no. of the year. The season, the, the season is over. Like Marlon Humphrey going down. Like, I mean, obviously everything else hurts a lot, but Marlon Humphrey was like, the only other thing that you can lose of value is Mark Andrews at this point. If Mark Andrews goes down, you're running out of practice squad. Like there's, there's no reason you are going to get bounced unless you by some grace of God face a team that loses their starting quarterback too. Yeah. Even with Lamar Jackson, you're going to get bounced in the first round. Yeah. But I mean, there's you, no you, reason you're, to you're still going to fight for the playoffs. Like he's and, Well, and that's the thing because it's Harbaugh and the Ravens and that's what they do, but this is a contract year for Lamar Jackson. You can't go put the guy that is going to demand 200 plus million dollars out on the line when the season is pretty much over. I guess we kind of saw that down the road in Washington with RG3. So yeah, yeah, I know. So it's just it's it's a really tough situation for Baltimore to be put in, especially with the, the mentality that they have. But you you gotta be smart. You gotta you gotta protect your best asset. And he's about to become your most expensive asset. So you really don't want to mess with that. But in his replacement, Tyler Huntley comes in and actually plays pretty well. 270 with a touchdown. He does fumble the ball twice, but I'm sure that will be worked out throughout the week. Devontae Freeman, 64 yards on the ground. Rashad Bateman, though, comes on late. Seven catches for 103. And Mark Andrews, 11 targets, 11 catches, 115 yards and touchdown. What a game for him with – we'll talk about it in a second. But these tight ends, man, they're really starting to make a run at Travis Kelsey's crown. They're, they're really starting to come in there. But we've talked about it a little bit. If Lamar – does if they do decide to sit Lamar, do you think they still can sneak into the playoffs? Mitchell, I'll start with you. Well, since apparently no one in the AFC North wants to win games at all, and they have the lead right now, maybe I th- they well, don't really think, have any easy games left either. No, I was about to say they have they in some order. They have the Packers, the Rams, the Bengals, and the Steelers. It's Packers at the Bengals, Rams. Steelers. So three of those four are at home, but it's still a gauntlet. Hmm. But I don't, I don't know because, I mean, like, like you said, Huntley, Huntley did look okay. He looked well in this game. I remember when he came in against Buffalo in the playoff game, and there was a deep ball that he just missed Hollywood Brown on, that would have ended up tying that game. Uh, you know, really late in that game on like a fourth and eight play or something like that. I, I vividly remember it. Um, and I remember watching this guy at Utah, and he's no slouch. Like, Huntley is a, a very good backup quarterback in this league, and I think he's found a niche in this league as a backup because he plays a similar style to Lamar, so you don't have to completely change your offense with him in the game. And if he gets a, a full week to rep instead of just coming into a game like he did, um, I think that, you know, he can give the Packers problems. I don't know if he's necessarily going to take them to the playoffs, but, you know, I think he can absolutely can keep this – team in contention in some of these games and they got three of those four at home and we know mnt bank is one of the best home field advantages in football so i think that the playoffs are still a a viable option for the ravens because like you said this afc north nobody wants to win it so why not the ravens yeah i totally agree i think i think they still should be able to if and we've talked about it lamar is probably not going to miss any time but 
if he does, it's going to be really hard for them to beat Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, Joe Burrow, and TJ Watt, because I'm not saying Big Ben, with Tyler Hundley at quarterback. Like, it's, it's just going to be difficult. That's the fact of the matter. Like, Tyler Huntley would be fine if this team was fully healthy around him because then he can play like Lamar with slightly less explosiveness, but the rest of the team can make up for it. If you ask Tyler Huntley to be your Superman, you are severely effed. Yeah, but let's say you are in big trouble. But let's say this is almost making huge plays for him too. He was just a little off on some of his deep passes and stuff. It just looked like he didn't have the chemistry yet with them, which could easily come with two weeks of play with them. That's what I was going to say. If he goes one and two in these three games and then you bring Lamar back for the regular season finale and they win that game, then they're 10 and seven. And I think that definitely gets you in, in the AFC possibly win the division. And then you've got a home game and then you've got Lamar back after he rested for three weeks. So I think that if he can, if he can just keep the ship above sea level, if he can just keep it afloat for two, maybe three weeks, I think that they can still make the playoffs. Good stuff. Good stuff there. All right, moving on to our next game. We're probably not going to spend a whole lot of time here because it was 48 to nine. The Chiefs on top over the Raiders, 48 to nine. The Raiders decided to dance or do a huddle or whatever it was at the middle of the Chiefs field. And that never ends well for anyone. So the Chiefs curb stomped them into the ground. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, just kind of coast through this one, 258, two touchdowns. Clyde gets in the end zone twice with only 37 rushing yards. And like they scored 48 points. So you'd think, huh, maybe Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey had something to do with that. Tyree Kill has four catches for 76 yards. Pretty solid game by most wide receiver standards. But if the offense or the team scores 48 points, you'd think Tyree Kill did some of that. Travis Kelsey, three catches for 27. Josh Gordon got in the end zone, though. So that's good. We're always Smoke happy that to loud. see that. Smoke that yes. loud, Josh Gordon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And Randy Gregory's had a big play. It's just, it's just a great week. There's a great week for the weed smokers out there, but shout out to Kane, but um, (laughs) are the chiefs with this win? Are the chiefs back to being the favorite in the AFC Tyler? I'll start with you. I know you're a big Patriots believer. So this could be a tough question for you. I'm a Patriots believer, but I'm also living in Kansas city. So I hear it every week. Um, But I actually think that the Chiefs are the favorite um, to win the AFC. Uh, You look at this team and you talk about some of these stats. Mahomes, when when was the last time that Mahomes was in a pressure situation to go down, get a score late in the game? Because it hasn't happened in the last five, six weeks because this defense is just playing incredible. And I think – I talk about it so much with bringing in Melvin Ingram and what he's brought to this team. And it's just, it's completely flipped the switch. And this is why I think this team is the best team because not only is this defense playing well, but I, I love Mac Jones, but I'm taking Mahomes any day, any day over Mac. Really? As much as, as, much as I love him, I, I, I am. What? And I do think that this is setting up a, a Chiefs Patriots AFC championship, which will be an absolute dandy. Um, but this team is just exactly where they need to be. They went through some obstacles, some hurdles early on in the season. People were writing them off. People were saying, though, this is this dynasty's over. It's not happening. And now they're right back to where we thought they would be. And I actually want to bounce back with the question really quickly. Who is the best team in the NFL right now? Uh, this was a question I was thinking about asking. 
But Mitchell, go ahead and explain Bucks real quick. Repeating Super Bowl champions lost nothing. Tom Brady's still playing great. I know Bills almost made a comeback on them, but they won. And they keep winning these close games now. You mean, look at the game against the Colts, another great team that was taking it to them the whole time. And they found a way to win. And that's what Tom Brady does. He finds ways to win in those tight contests. Yeah, mine. Personally, I got to go with the Green Bay Packers because they're just they're playing great football right now. And they're still waiting on three all pro guys at three of the most important positions in football, corner, left tackle and edge. They're they're going to get three. They're going to get Zadarius, Jair and Bakhtiari back. I'm I feel like it was supposed to be this week, but hopefully next week. And they're still 10 and three. You're going to have to go to Lambeau if they get this one seed. It's going to be really tough for pretty much every team to win in Lambeau. Rodgers is playing at an MVP level. We've talked about it. I think this is the best team in football. I know I respect a lot about what the Bucs are doing, but give me the Packers. Okay. I'd probably say the Packers as well, um, but I think the Chiefs are right there. I think the Bucs are the third best team in my opinion. I think it's- I think with the Cardinals losing tonight, I think the Chiefs slide up to the, to the three spot behind those two. Yeah. yeah, I think those three, in my opinion, are the top three, and then I think the Patriots are, are – are close, but I don't think that they're there yet as the fourth best team in football. But yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, I love what the, this Chiefs team is doing. And if they're able to get this number one seed and the playoffs go through Arrowhead, Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. good luck. Cause that crowd is ruckus. And you know that they're going to want it after losing in the Super Bowl like they did last year. They're going to come out motivated. And like I said, Patrick Mahomes has not been in a pressure situation for the I, I, since when? Since maybe the Chargers? I mean, his, his games have pretty much sucked after that. Like, everybody's questioning whether they'd even make the playoffs or not. They got a little lucky with the Packers. No Rodgers for that game. You look at the Raiders, Chiefs. I mean, the Raiders are complete idiots. Why would you run the same scheme that he just scorched you on, what, two or three weeks ago? They're the only team that is not running these two deep safeties that has held him relatively in check. Why would you not adjust to that? It's what happens when you got a special teams coordinator as your head coach, I guess. But I, I just went when when push comes to shove, who who do you want as your quarterback in the NFL? No, who do you want as your quarterback in the AFC when the game's on the line? Mahomes. You broaden it to NFL though. Give me Rodgers. But that's why I said the AFC because Rodgers and Brady are in the NFC. Yeah, they're gonna kick each other out. But Justin Herbert, 100%. <laughs> Big game. Give me a big Ben, 100%. Um, but I did allude to it a little bit while I was going over the stats from this game. Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, both back-to-back games that have been fairly underwhelming by their standards and for fantasy managers especially. So quick fantasy question. Travis Kelsey was regarded as far and away the best tight end coming into the season. He was being taken in the first round of a lot of drafts. Tyreek Hill also taken in the first round of a lot of drafts behind Devontae Adams, but still pretty consistently the second wide receiver off the board. So with this new style of offense that the Chiefs are running and the defense playing at a top 10 level for the last couple of weeks, so they don't need all the explosive offense that they've been getting the last couple of years, are Tyreek and Travis still two top fantasy options at their position, like the two top fantasy options at their position, Mitchell? No, Tyreek's fallen out of that wide receiver one by 
a considerable amount. I mean, you look at the emergence of people like Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams still showing out. There's at least five people I'd say I'd probably want over Tyreek Hill coming into it. And Travis Kelsey, I, I don't want to shake him from it, but the way that Kittle and Andrews have been playing, they are just the top options on their offense by the looks of it. They're going to get these catches as opposed to what it's been for Kelsey so far. Well, recently, not so far. He had a few great games early in the year, but I'm shaky on him. I'm not benching him unless I have maybe Mark Andrews or George Kittle, but not a lot of people have the opportunity to get one of those two along with Travis Kelsey. Conveniently, you are one of those people that have Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey, but and I yeah, can't and the, come to flex one of them. Nope. <laughs> but the one thing about the tight end debate is that Kelsey is the oldest of those three. And he's also the only one that, I mean, Debo Samuel, I guess, is pretty much a dominant wide receiver at this point. But there's no guy to take away snaps or targets from Mark Andrews in Baltimore. Tyler, what are your thoughts on these two guys as far as next year goes for fantasy? I mean, yeah, if- because when you say, you know, an elite level and, and then you say top two, man, I don't know if I can put both of them in the top two. I, I can't. Do I see them being Travis Kelsey being a top three tight end and Tyreek Hill being a top 10 receiver? Yeah, I can see that for sure. But I don't think that we're going to see them being drafted in the first round next year. You're going to see them probably late second, early third is I think where, where they're probably more than likely going to end up. I still think that they're going to be you know, two great options with fantasy and two guys that you can build your fantasy team around. Uh, I think these next four games are going to be very crucial for their fantasy outlook going into next season. Um, And I think once again, when push comes to shove and you have those two guys in the playoffs, I think that they're still going to put up numbers when they are needed. So I'm still not writing them off completely. um, But I think that, yes, they have taken a little bit of a step back going into next year for sure. Yeah. And I mean, we talked about it in our fantasy show uh, the whole reason why you take Kelsey in the first round is because he's so far ahead of the rest of the competition. Like he averaged like 17 points per game last year. And aside from Darren Waller's late season statistical craziness where he had like 45 and I think he had 40 twice in like the last six weeks. um, He wasn't close to Kelsey really either. And Tyree Kill, now that there's the, off, the balls being spread around and they're not throwing the ball as much, he's not going to be that top guy anymore. So it really makes for a good conversation come next season when it's draft time. All right, well, that is it for our headliner games of week 14. Let's just quickly run over the other games. Saints over the Jets, 30-9. to Dallas, Mike McCarthy follows through on that guarantee, 27-20 to over Canes, Washington football team. Sad day for the surging football is, team is is michael is michael parsons where is he ranking your defensive player of the year rankings right now three behind Watt, three Garrett, well. whatever order you want to have them in he's behind those two guys but he's three but uh, a defensive rookie of the year i mean it should already be at his house like he should <laughs> already have it uh falcons over the panthers 29 to 21 the titans beat the putrid jags the, there was a report that just came out saying that the owner, Shad Khan, is not going to do anything about the Urban Meyer situation right now. 
but I'd imagine, like we've talked about, he loses his job this offseason. I think there's no way. I mean, he's he's turning the one of the biggest blue chip prospects of the last 20 years into a bust in the matter of 13 games. It's ridiculous. Uh, Seahawks over the Texans, 33 to 13. The Chargers get a win over the Giants, 37 to 21. The Broncos smack the shit out of the Lions, 38 to 10. RIP Demarius. Yes. Just quick tribute. Uh, as like, and obviously rest in peace, great football player, better guy. But my first football memory was the Demarius Thomas overtime touchdown. Tim Tebow. And having to watch that over and over again has been really rough on the last couple days for me. All right. Well, that does it for all the week 14 action. Now let's move on to week 15 and we've got chiefs at chargers. Really good Thursday night game. They played in week two, I believe week, week two or three chargers came out on top in arrowhead. I was there big win for them. Yep. Tyler was there for that. He did a little, I believe he did the t- Instagram takeover. Got he a did. couple, got a couple good shots for us. But that was a big win for the Chargers and big win for Mitchell as he took a free DraftKings bet and won $600 off of it. So great, great memories. Will you be doing the same thing? Will you be winning $600 on this Thursday night game? Like, do you plan on doing that or? I'd have to drive to a casino or the Eastern shore of Virginia. So probably not. (laughs) Some Chargers. There is a minus four spread. Kansas City's favored four. So, hmm, you'll go game. Mm-hmm. But that bet. this is a this is obviously a huge game for both teams. This is a divisional game. This could very well decide this division. If the Chargers can win this game, they would have the tiebreaker on the Chiefs, and they would have the same record as the Chiefs with only three games left to go. Huge game for both teams, like I've said. So we'll get right into it. Vegas has the Chiefs at minus four in this game. Money line is Chargers plus 170, Chiefs minus 189. So, Mitchell, this is your team. This is your game. I'll start with you. What is your pick for Thursday Night Football? I am going to go with the Chargers on both. We have a lot of injuries right now. Keenan's likely to come back. No idea on Derwin because he was added to the injury report on Saturday in the last-minute scratch from the game. Asante Samuel coming back from his concussion hopefully this week. And Rashawn Slater just got put on to the COVID list today. So he's very, very iffy for Thursday. Luckily, it is a home game, so there's no worry about travel. So maybe a last-minute miracle from him. But other than that, I we are probably the best team they've played in a while because the Jordan Love-led Packers doesn't exactly scream great <laughs> in terms of competition for that for what they've had lately. Okay, interesting. Surprised, surprised you take your team there in a home game. Yeah, weird. Uh, yeah, well, not really a, a home game. Air quotes, home game. Uh, but at least it's not an Arrowhead. It's basically a neutral field. Tyler, what's your pick for this game? The four. You know, the four is is big and interesting because it's a it's more than a field goal for a home underdog, um, but. I'm I'm not wavering away from this Chiefs team right now. I'm taking them on the spread and the money line. I mean, this team's just clicking right now. And we've seen the inconsistency from the Chargers. One week good, one week bad. Now, yes, I know. One they played against the Bengals and they just played against the Giants and looked great in both those games. Step up in competition here, in my opinion. And and yes, even though 
Chiefs haven't necessarily played the stiffest of competition over the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, according to our standards. Um, I still like the Chiefs to, to win this. And the other thing is give Patrick Mahomes some motivation. And what's the motivation? They already, already lost to the Chargers. I don't see them losing twice to the Chargers in, in a season. So I'm going to take the Chiefs on the spread and the money line. This is so tough because, like you said, the Chargers are so week to week. And like if we see the Chargers that we saw against Cincinnati or the pa- or not the not the Patriots. Not the Pittsburgh. Um, or, we that one. Yeah. Was that what or, you were going for? Well, yeah. Well, I was actually about to say the Patriots, but that is completely wrong. But or I mean, wild, just yeah. the just just the Chiefs last time, uh, then they win this game, especially in this neutral field that is supposed to be a home game for them. But if they don't show up, obviously they're gonna get their ass kicked by a motivated Chiefs team. I think I'm gonna go with the Chargers on both. I don't just I don't I don't know. They showed it, they showed it last time. Yeah, man. Okay, depending on Derwin. If Derwin plays, give me the Chargers on both. If Derwin doesn't play, give me the Chiefs on both. That is, I think that's gonna be big because you know he is that is a major switch for him. Yeah. He is he is their chess piece that's going to be moved around everywhere. They can use him on anybody and he makes their defense go. So if he's there, give me the Chargers. If he's not, give me the Chiefs. I do think and, he might have just been like a last minute rest because of the Giants and yeah. we didn't fear them. I mean, Eckler got hurt and they said he easily could have came back into that game, but we were up like three touchdowns at that point. Yeah, dude. When you text or when you texted us and was like they're they just used an entire roll of tape on his ankle. I was like, are they seriously putting him back in up three touchdowns? Like, is that really what's happening right now? But yeah, I don't know. Gave me a lot of confidence that he wasn't that hurt. (laughs) Yeah. Seeing as though I have him in like six leagues for fantasy. Mr. Jersey giveaway winner. Not two different Jersey giveaways. Don't do not get that confused with our Jersey giveaway. Jersey. Mine will be signed. Yeah, his will his will be signed be, by an NFL. We'll player. sign it. Every member of the Blitz podcast will <laughs> yeah, sign it. We'll, we'll frame it for you too. Don't even worry about it because I know I know you guys were going to frame it, so we'll we'll take care of all that for you. All right, well that does it for this episode. We I don't even know what to say because we hit the follower count, so I can't be like we're still doing the jersey giveaway because we're we're not be doing a live show, hopefully on Twitch. I, that's very tentative right now. Uh, on December 30th was the date. Yeah. That is where we will be announcing the giveaway winner. And for all intents and purposes, we are definitely not announcing the giveaway winner on Instagram afterwards. We are only announcing it on the live show. So please watch the live show. Uh, and then we'll be posting, we'll probably be posting that to our podcast page afterwards. But yeah, go please check out the live show. Check out our Twitch when we get that up. And we'll see you again on Friday for the preview episode of week 15. Peace.